Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Real Raw and Random. My name is Troy, and this is the podcast that in no way is consistent whatsoever. But you did not need me to tell you that. This episode... Big deep breath. This episode's been a long time coming. Ever since I started this Real Raw and Random podcast, I've wanted to talk about this topic. And I've been scared is an understatement for the word, understatement for the word. Um, I've been incredibly scared because what I'm about to talk about in this episode, and strictly only this, we're going to probably go off on a lot of topics from it, but what we're going to be talking about is me and my anxiety, which I've had since I can remember, but notably probably since 14, all the way through till now. And in the last month, it in no way has been the worst month of my life. I've had countless months that have probably been worse than this one. And this month was just a bit of a challenge. And it was just overcoming little things that I was holding on to. Like talking about my own personal journey through mental health and anxiety on this podcast. I'm going to try really hard not to make it too heavy this episode because, I mean, I don't know why I just don't really want to make it too heavy. I mean, it's, it's going to be open, it's going to be real, and it's going to be rewarding for myself. Even just two minutes in, just announcing that to you, the listener is something that I've been incredibly scared of since the beginning of doing this podcast. I've toyed with the fact of doing it and just completely scared. And so what I wanted to start with is my list of fears, list of anxieties around doing this exact episode. So what we're going to do is we're pretty much go into a slice of my little brain and we're all going to take a trip inside to see what's been rumbling around in there for the last month. So number one, the number one concern I've had since the beginning is that once I press publish on this episode, it really can be out in the internet sphere forever. And that in itself is freaking scary because that's it's not something in my head I can grasp. I can't grasp the cloud and the internet and all the internet sphere type of stuff. And from that stems that people could use this against me. 
in some sort of weird, like, sick, twisted way. And that's the thing with... that's it's the, it's the way that my brain works. My brain goes to what the worst thing can happen because it's a defensive mechanism in a way. But upon reflection, there's a lot of people... A lot of good people out there. I mean, there's some real bad people that will do disgusting, horrible things that you and I couldn't even imagine doing. But why would I hide away in fear of what some people could twist and turn my words into because that would just be running away from one, something that I enjoy doing, two, it would be just giving in to people and three, if it's not this, they're going to do it to somebody else. They're going to do it to somebody else who's talking about it. So why not just join in? And if they are going to, well, that's okay because there's that many people out there. There's one in four that suffer from just strictly anxiety. There's countless people that talk about it and I in no way am going to do it justice like other people do. I know that for a fact, but that's another, that's another worry. But we're going to get to that one in a minute, but back to the people. People, they're going to they're gonna use whatever I say on this podcast they can to twist and turn whatever way they possibly can. But so what? I know what I stand for. You know what I stand for if you're listening to this right now and you're a true listener. So why should I hold myself back against that, right? Number three, it shows true vulnerability. It's literally just slicing of my heart and going, here's everything, in a way. Which, on one hand, is extremely daunting to make that leap, which I just did, which really, once you've done it, is invigorating, it's life-changing, it's liberating. And that's the thing, on the other hand, it's liberating. So once you make that jump, it's incredibly liberating and... Right now, my hands are free, my chest is out, and I'm proud to be making this episode for you guys. And that's the thing. I've done this, this feeling where I've suppressed, suppressed, suppressed multiple times for people. And for the most part, and if they're the right people, they love and respect you. And want to support you. Even though in your head you feel like they don't. And they're their enemy. Because our brains can be toxic. And we're going to get into all of this. But our brains can be toxic. And mine definitely has been toxic. I'm also scared it's going to define me. In a negative way. Because. Firstly. Two in five people don't think anxiety can be treated. They don't think it's a treatable thing. Some people don't think it even exists. People just think it's 
a millennial problem and it's a worry and a stress and a rah, rah, rah. So let me get this straight. Anxiety and feeling anxious and stressed are two completely different things. Yes, they marry, but I felt anxious and stressed and not felt anxious. I felt anxiety in a way that is debilitating. It can carry you through for months and weeks and days, just carry on running through your head like a hamster that's just running around the wheel, running, running, running. And even just in the last month recently, I've I've come across like insomnia and not being able to sleep because of this. And that's something that I've never really suffered from a lot of. I mean, I've had it occasionally people can't sleep, which is, again, it's like not being able to sleep versus suffering from insomnia and not being able to sleep. They're the same, they're same, same, but different. Just like anxious and stressed and anxiety is the same, same, but you get to the third step and there's a difference. So I'm worried that people are just going to think I'm some 25 millennial whinging about anxiety and stress and all that kind of stuff. But I felt stressed. I could cope. Here's the fun fact. I can cope with stress, but it's the simplest, littlest things that trigger, which there's a word that triggered. We're going to get into that. But triggered is, we'll we'll dive into it now. Triggered is a word that's overused and overhyped, and it's lost its true meaning. Triggered is when everyone's triggered. Oh, I'm triggered by this, I'm triggered by that. And yeah, you can be, but if you use a word too much, it it waters down the meaning and the, the grit of the word. So, I'm not just a millennial that's whinging about stress. I've, I cope, I'm probably, I'm a good coper with stress. I'm not a good coper with pressure. Pressure is where my anxiety manifests from. And sometimes that's with stress, but in some of the most stressful situations where people freeze up and freak out, I don't. I've helped save my my grandpop's life before in a situation where others freeze, I don't freeze. But when pressure, if there was pressure, if there was pressure, if there was, if someone said to me, Troy, you're saving that person's life. That's where, that's where the stress doesn't matter. It's the pressure that takes over for me. We're probably going to learn a lot about this slowly but surely and piecing it all together in ways. But I'm also worried about not doing it justice because, I mean, already I don't know how long we're into this now, how long. We're 11 minutes in and that's going to be a running worry for me all the way through. That's because in my head I'm like, you only get one chance to begin to talk about it. 
And if I don't do it the right way, I feel like everything's just going to crumble around me. And that's the thing. It can really just begin to just feel like it's all crumbling around you like some like some lava has exploded out the top of your head and it's just all crumbling around you. I'm also worried I'm not ready to talk about it. But that kind of worry's gone because let's get into this. Any I don't know about I here's the thing, I only know about me. I know about my anxiety. I know how it it's everybody else's is different. I know for me I was scared out of my brain to talk about it with open up about it with family and friends and loved ones and I've had to do that twice um I um, the lava kind of first exploded when I was 14 and my beautiful nan passed away I don't know back then if I ever dealt with the grief and the death of it properly I just don't remember ever dealing with it properly. And I feel like that's kind of when the lava bubbled. And from then until 18, it really did just kind of bubble over in some really, really terrible and sad ways. I mean, I put to bed and laid to rest so many um, things during my life that have happened, I've overcome them, I've reflected on them, I've um, put them to bed. So I don't really want to bring any of them up again because, I mean, once you've... Here's the thing, these, these things that have happened to me, they're like... Like I've dealt with them in a really healthy way through therapy and Let's not go a single second further without talking about how important therapy is. And therapy isn't just one thing. Therapy is many, many different. There's many different aspects to it. I myself have seeked, like, like trained therapy twice in two blocks of my life. And it's honestly been the best thing that I ever chose to do once I finally made that decision. So... If you're right there, you've never done it, and you're thinking about doing it, let me not go a single step further without saying, don't be scared. And that's it. that's easy to say once you've overcome it, but speaking from myself, it is life-changing. Because what therapy does that nothing else can do is take you out of the situation and look from it from above. So, and you can do this in many different ways. You can do this for some situations solo. I do it myself solo now sometimes where I can jump up out of the situation I'm in, look from above, assess the situation properly because you can't, here's the thing, you can't assess a situation on the ground in the middle of it. You've got to literally be taken in a um, imaginary helicopter up above it and look at it from above, survey it, dissect it, discuss it, run it all through, process it, 
and that's the way you probably you properly deal with it. The initial way to deal with it is to open up your rug and sweep it underneath. And let me tell you, I have done that many times. I did that in the last month. And I've done that I've done that for 10 years at times. And right now, if you're sweeping things under the rug and you think they're gone, they're okay. No ma'am. They are not gone. Because underneath your rug is a bacteria-fested disease that's rotting at things. And once you're ready to push something else underneath, sometimes you can look in and think, oh no, that thing I pushed under six months ago is not disappeared, actually. It's been there growing and now it's twice the size and it's wanting to come back out. Now, you can do this for a while. I mean, at 14, my carpet was clean underneath. So I was pushing heaps of stuff underneath there. And then it all grows. And then it's this big cesspool of bacteria, negativity, all that stuff. And you can think that... There's, no one can see it. But let me tell you, sometimes people can see it, but they don't want to talk about it. But, so please, if you're doing, if you're pushing it under the carpet, don't push it on there for too long, because I know even in the last month, my, my, my imaginary rug, this is a little analogy, by the way, it's not a rug that I push all my issues under. I, because here's the thing, you've got to have a rug. You've got to have a rug to push things under because I've thrown my rug out before. I've thrown my rug, I've, I've thrown my rug out and just decided I'm going to deal with every single issue that comes my way in the moment. And let me tell you, that does not work whatsoever. I've tried it. And there's many people trying it right now. Because time and place. There's a time and place to reflect and discuss things that are happening in the moment. There's nothing more important than not reacting in the moment. Not just running around life telling people exactly what you think. And because that has consequences. And I've run into those consequences before. Because let me tell you, not everybody wants to know exactly what you're thinking all the time. You've got to know time and place. You've got to know all that kind of stuff. So, if you can't do it solo, and for some people and for some issues, you just can't, there's talking to a friend. Because there's nothing more important than taking it out of your head and vocalizing it with anybody, a family, a friend, a stranger. Sorry, I just need a water break. And this can be, this can, this, uh, this is the step you do before therapy. 
and some people give really great advice. I know there's a lot, there's a lot of people I have in my life that I can come to if I'm if I'm conscientious about my anxiety. I can deal with an issue and talk to someone about it. It's when I say I put it in the rug and then try and come back to it a bit too late because it's the thing I'm still learning all this stuff. And if you're lucky, and I say lucky because not because I'd actually want your life, because I've come to really like the person I am, the person, and you've come to just really like me. But if you're a person that can really just sail through life without any of these issues, I mean slide into my DMs, let me know, because I'd really like to get to know you and probably find out that you've got a big pile underneath your rug that you're just unaware of. Because I went year, I went for years the first time, and I have done, again, after I've done this twice, where I've just gone years sweeping it under. And sometimes it pops up and you can deflect the situation and be like, hey, nothing over here, there's no big giant rug. But for some people, that doesn't last very long. So back to the friends or family or someone, whoever you can talk to. That person can jump in the driver's seat of the helicopter and lift you up above and you can assess the situation. And literally, this can take anywhere from a minute onwards. It can take a minute to just diffuse and discuss and process the situation and that is great but there's these times and these things that are under our rugs for some of us whereby we need professional help I've seeked it twice in two blocks of six months and I can't I can't press I can't say how amazing therapy is I can't I could sing its praises all day long and it has stigma it has a lot of stigma every every single stepping stone along the way of mental health has stigma every single part of it and therapy is a big one that has stigma because I know for myself it can feel like you're admitting defeat and you're walking in defense like you're walking in broken and defensive because that's for me that's the point where it gets to when I go back to therapy the second time anyway that happened in the first time I went I know the second time around that a lot of things were different I had an an amazing therapist who we worked through what's called cognitive behavioral therapy which is short for CBT and it's, it was just lessons I needed to learn, tools, and again, just, we literally just jump up in the helicopter, the imaginary helicopter, assess the situation from above, and uh, process it, and I could just send it away. So now, at the back, I've got this graveyard of a lot of different things that I've processed, and 
um, had a little funeral for and said goodbye. And I will not be going to visit them at the uh, graveyard without um, without um, the proper measures to do so. Because they're heavy. But I feel like we all have them. And that's the thing with this. The number one thing... I can't believe we got 25 minutes into this without even mentioning it. The number one thing is that anxiety and mental health can feel so isolating and so... You can feel so alone. And if you've suffered from it yourself, please, please know that you're not alone. I mean, I read that statistic in the first place. One in four people suffer from it. One in four, that's a lot of people. You might suffer from it and you might know someone else that suffers from it and you might not even know. The person that that you crossed in the street might be suffering from it and you don't know because it's not something you wear, you wear on your sleeve. You don't wear it with a big shiny neon sign on top of you saying anxiety right here. Because you don't do that because it is something that is deemed a weakness. And it's deemed a weakness because in especially men, but in all in all genders. But again, I'm talking about myself here and I'm talking about men. And men aren't meant to feel... Men are meant to be stone walls. They're meant to be brick walls. They're meant to not show emotion. So, I had a lot of trouble with showing emotion. And loving myself. There was copious amounts of times where I literally looked at myself with disgust. I did. And you yourself might be doing the same thing right now. And... Oh dear God, please don't. Because... We hear all these negative thoughts in our head. I mean... Previous... And you know what, to be... I'm going to be pretty honest... Still, now, I could hear so many positive comments and be affected by a negative one. I mean, I see the cesspool that is called the internet, and it really does, as I said at the start, scare the bejeebus out of me. Because, and we're going to dive away now for a second, but people just feel like they can say anything on the internet and it doesn't have an effect on people. And I feel like that is why the statistic of anxiety and mental health and all this stuff is really, really, really at a, at a, at a peak right now and at a high point. More people right now are suffering from it than ever before. And that has a lot to do with the internet. That has a lot to do with the faceless 
cowards that we see online. It's, it's, I honestly would never go back to high school. Not because of anything else, except for the fact that now with mobile phones, my high school experience would have been 10 times worse than what it was. Would have been 10 times worse. But coming to the point where you change your thought process into thinking that having any mental health issue but having anxiety is a weakness into a strength doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just, you don't just wake up in the morning and go, my anxiety is a strength, it's not a weakness, like a robot, it doesn't happen like that. It's a really, really, really slow process. And even for me, it still isn't a picture-perfect um, frame. I, in the last month, I was struck down in thinking that nobody would want to hear this, nobody would want to even care to listen. This is just all lies, some lies that I'm spewing in my head about the positivity when, when the negative thoughts can take over. Before, I'd just kind of let them go until they stopped and tired out. But now I can diffuse them, and now I can regulate them to the prison in my head. Like, I'm, I'm kicking them out. Because... Um, I d went through this twice, and I feel like the first time I went through it... I was firstly treated for depression because back when I was 14, I only thought it was depression. Back then, this was 2009 to about 2011, 2012, something along those lines. And here's the thing, my dates get blurry because a lot of the stuff I either forgot or I've just chosen to black out and I could, I could work it up, but... I could work I could work on it and like really map out everything. But why would I want to do that? I'm honestly all about this is how I stand and this is how I this is how I approach everything. I'm all about looking back to reflect and learn, but only using that to move forward. And that's why I feel like I forget about dates and I kinda just am a little bit not precise on certain aspects of it because those kind of aspects I don't really need to take forward with me. I just need to know the tools. I need to know the lessons and I need to know the the things that I know. So, yeah. Back then, back in the mid-2000s, I was Googling during my late teenage years, all about mental health and all about depression, which I thought it was back then. I used to do school projects on depression so I could 
have a reason to learn about it more. I remember I was in a um, drama class and we did, it was like a terms, like production type of thing in groups. And I feel like we were going to do something on, we're going to do it on something else. And I came in one day, which by the way, I did drama, which is another weird aspect to my life. Here's the thing. I'm, I mean, I do a podcast and yet I'm like, got generalized anxiety. It's a weird, it's a weird mix up in here. But yeah, so I did drama all the way through high school because I loved it. And it was, it was a really, it's just liberating to be on stage. It's something that I enjoy. And so um, we were doing this um, like performance-based thing around um, different uh, like topics. And I definitely wasn't the loudest in the class. I've never been someone to be the loudest in any situation. I remember coming one day to my group and we, I think two episodes, two, um, two classes ago, we decided. And I remember going, when going, no, I don't really want to do that. I really want to do it on depression. So I came in and I was like, right guys, change the topic. We're doing it on depression. And I was, I had to work myself up to even come at it with my group to talk about, to, um, to announce that I feel like we should change. Because, you know, anxiety, you run through your head about every single single situation that probably could happen. And then you build up this pressure. That's what I do anyway. Anyway, they were they were on board straight away. So I was like, yes. And so we got to spend, I got to spend a whole turn doing this deep dive during school hours on something that I thought I had. So I was, I was in, in a very, when I got to the point where I was 18 and then, Everything was unraveling inside and it, all the lava again was spilling out. I was able to just label it as that because back in 2011 and 12, anxiety was in no way a thing. It was just kind of tagged along next to in brackets anxiety. It wasn't its own entity. So I did go, I went through a six month period six to eight month period the first time, uh, going to therapy with a therapist and treating what I thought back then was depression. I mean, my therapist probably could have thought it was anxiety, but never told me. But um, I'd love to say I remember a lot about that, but I was 18 and now I'm 25 and I really don't remember a lot. I was on medication for six months, eight months, something like that. And I don't think I have a bad thing to say about medication. Back in 2012, it was in no way a thing that I felt comfortable doing. I remember we went to the GP and he was he was really good. He just decided that we're going to like he it was kind of like a no it was a no decision by me that like that I couldn't well I guess I could but I guess back then I was very compliant in listening to the doctor anyway I kind of my poor parents and my poor family they've been through a lot with me and 
even to this day, they've been really, really, really great. I can't, I can't shout them out and I can't, I can't give them more respect and more than what I can. They've been absolutely incredible. So supportive. I can't thank them enough, even though in my head I was beyond out of my mind thinking that they were literally just going to kick me out of the house for essentially being different and not being exactly having it all together and being quite weak because, again, pressure inside my head. I'm the only boy in my family and there's always been pressure from my family, you know, to be the best and all that stuff. So I no way blame anybody except myself. I don't blame anybody because at the end of the day, you shouldn't blame anybody for something that you essentially have been born with. It just, it's just how I made up. And at this point, I like that because it essentially, has it been tough? Absolutely. It's been in no way an easy ride. And sometimes I've wished I've had a different life, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't feel right to not be where I am right now. And if going through everything that I went through to get to this point right now and to be in a place that I am right now, I guess I'd be cool with that. I mean, I wouldn't want to go back and redo it all again. But, hey, I, I'm i kind of digging the person that I am now and who I am. So, I wouldn't change lives. I wouldn't change anything, I guess. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, my family were just amazing. I can't, I can't shut them out enough. But after, after being like, after going through that first six-month period of treating what back then was depression and you know what to be honest I might have been depressed for a bit and it might have treated it I decided myself to not go on the medication anymore and I made that decision because for many reasons but I honestly just didn't like it for myself it was an honest personal decision I it's just an honest personal decision for me. Had it been a different time, had it been a few years later, maybe. I'm I'm not going to lie and say that the stigma didn't didn't help in any way make my decision, because absolutely it did. And if it was now, with the amount of destigmatization towards it now. I might be still on them, but also I'm really tough and really hard on myself. And even part of me back then was like, I can do this on my own. And I'm not going to lie and say it was easier that way. It was bloody a lot harder to do it that way. But then again, I wouldn't know any other way except for the way I've chosen to do it so I don't in any way look upon people that are on any sort of medication for 
it in a negative way. I actually think it's a really positive thing. So if you've ever felt about stigmatized about it, please don't because it really does help people. And when I went back to it the second time, I, which was, dates are gone from my brain, but it was over 12 months ago. It was the, it was 12 months ago in January. So it was 2017. Oh no, it was 2018. What am I doing? It was 2018. It was the start of 2018 for a six month period. And, um, when I started it this time, so between, let's say 2012 and 2018, was it six years? Maybe it's four, however many years. I'm not even going to try and work out the brain maths in my brain, but I just kind of fell backwards and the graph kind of slowly dipped down till it hit the bottom. I should draw a graph of how I feel like my life mapped out because yeah, after that, it just, it went good. It went good in a way, but then it can kind of get behind you and before you know it, you're getting pushed down the hill without even knowing. So I did. And it all kind of came to a head um, at the end of 2017 or in the middle of 2017 or whenever, sometime in 2017, when I was just putting way too much stuff into it. I was, I was I was working myself and trying to do everything. I was getting pulled in every single direction. And yeah, it just kind of came to a head. And it came to and it came to a head, but before then there was as I said there was all those times where I was pushing the stuff underneath the carpet and the rug and there was a big lump and I was dancing around it going nothing to see here guys, you know. All that kind of stuff. Until it was too late and it was it was this big monster that was out there and the lava was exploding all over my head. I'm all over the place with my analogies. If you're still here, thank you. We're going to kind of wrap it up in the next kind of five to ten minutes. And we probably will talk about this stuff again in future. If, yeah, I, I, even, I was going to say if it gets a positive response, but not even if it gets a positive response. If nobody even listens to this, I'll still keep doing it because... I feel liberated. I feel relieved just talking about it and sharing my story with people. I don't, we didn't even get into techniques. See, I'm literally in this episode for 42 minutes, pretty much just sharing my own story, just gas bagging here about my life for the last 10 years. And mainly I'm doing this in one full episode because. I want to kind of just return. I was, I couldn't come back from a month of not doing it, having a little bit of a trouble, troubled month. And here's the thing, the troubled month was legit just me just holding on to a few like tiny little issues that happened where everyone else had moved on. So I just had to work on it and move on takes me a little bit longer sometimes. That's not such a bad thing. 
I just really like thinking through it completely and then putting it to bed and knowing that I can trust that it's gone and dealt with and I feel good about dealing with it in a way I guess <laughs> I'm all over the place with my words but anyway yeah so the, the next time this last time recently in the last start of 2018 I came in with the idea of not trying medication first and just trying the therapy and for me that was great I did it for six months. My therapist was the best. I'm actually in the last month been considering going back for what I'm calling a checkup. I haven't booked anything in yet. Maybe I might need a little bit of encouragement because here's the thing. We can't do it. We can't make that leap sometimes ourselves. Making that leap ourselves, like to go into therapy and sort this stuff out is like jumping off a 40 meter high board into a pool you look down and you just see it so far away and you freak yourself out so that's why talking about this is refreshing because hearing other people and I myself have listened to many 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 amazing people talk about mental health and in itself it's helped me immensely I mean I wouldn't be able to be here right now unless it was for those people that talked about it before me so yeah the last time I did cognitive therapy it was incredible and it in no way has it been smooth sailing before. And that's the thing. When I went through it the first time, 18, I was too young. I left thinking, it's all sorted. It's all behind me. Dust in my hands. Dusting that last little bit of dust um, off of all the negativity. And I just walked through life thinking everything's great. Sunshine, rainbows, lollipops, candy. And that's just pure naivety. It doesn't work like that. I try real hard for it to work like that. And it doesn't. And neither... It's finding that sweet spot. It's finding that sweet spot. I want to kind of wrap it up. But one of the most important lessons, and it's on a little sticky note that hangs up in my room, that my therapist wrote down one week for me, is, let me just grab it. I'm just going to pause for it. I'm not even going to pause. I'm just going to jump up and grab it. Okay. It says, I'm okay just as I am. Sounds so simple, right? But let me say it again. I am okay just as I am. It's like a little chant. It sits up in my. It sits up on this little mirror that I don't look at myself in because it's small and all that kind of stuff. But it sits up in there, and I can look at it, and it does feel me with just a, just a rush of release in a way. It takes me back to that time. It takes me back to 
the moment that I learnt that little simple phrase, I'm okay just as I am. Because I remember in that session we were talking all about perfectionism and the stigma that I created around the word okay. Because okay just kind of is mediocre in my head anyway. Or was. Okay was just being mediocre. And nobody is striving for mediocrity. Well, not me anyway. But nobody really wants to just strive for being mediocre. But being okay just as I am, that's important. It's an incredibly important lesson that I was missing out on. Because you can't be great and good and amazing and fantastic and fabulous all the time. That's that's a goal that's unachievable. It's unattainable to be amazing and fabulous and brilliant all the time. You can put on a facade that can last for a bit, but underneath you'll have no, you have no stability underneath there under that facade. And I didn't. I had no stability underneath that facade. I had no emotional control over exactly that. And those lessons from the last therapy I did taught me that. It taught me that being okay is great. It's just, it's just okay. It's being okay is actually rewarding in itself. Being the way you are right now, even if you are struggling, just accepting it is sometimes the first step. So, I'm okay just as I am. And dear listener, you are okay just as you are. Kind of letting that sit in for a second. Probably shouldn't be putting in dead air. But, I mean, probably this 15 minutes that I've been going for has probably been half dead air. Or it's half been just nothing. And see, that's what I do. I, I get in that negative mind frame and I diffuse myself. And I'm now I'm therapizing myself. And here's the thing. When you go to therapy for a bit and you learn these techniques and lessons, you end up being your own therapist for so much and in the last 12 months I've had some really difficult periods I had three months in June that I didn't podcast for because I was I'm going to use the word again triggered by just work I was triggered by work because in the year before I was going so hard that I didn't take any time for myself. So the following year, when the same thing came around, around June, July, which is coming up again for our um, cane harvesting season, I was triggered last year back to the year before when I was in 
a really deep, dark, cestuous hole and I couldn't get out. And I was silent for months during that time. So going back to the same process that drew me into it, I was a mess. So even now this year going into it, I'm definitely going to be in a better headspace. And I'm definitely going to be able to really not be triggered. Because I'm a step ahead of it. And that's the thing. If you're a step ahead of it, then you can be there when it arises and meet it at the gate. And you can just open up the gate or you can just look from, you can just jump up on the top, diffuse the situation and it's gone. And all this diffusing and deflecting and um, disseminating every situation at the start takes practice, takes force, takes time. But sooner rather than later, you start to do it automatically. You just got to remember to keep an eye on yourself because at the end of the day, it's you who is in control. Even when you feel like you're the most out of control. And don't feel like you ever need to be fighting it alone. That goes for me as well, because I'm also really keen to start fighting things, starting my fight my own battles. But never feel like you can fight it alone. Never feel like you're alone. There's always a community out there. Even if you feel like no one around you, there's people out there. Me. Hello. If you're into it still now, I'm here. And I'm ready to talk if you ever need to. And never, ever, from this point, should you feel like whatever you're going through, whatever struggles, whatever insecurities you have, they're not a weakness. We're all strong in our own unique and powerful way. I can't thank you all enough for getting all the way to the end. Even if you skipped from four minutes to the end. If you skipped halfway through, if you skipped parts, any of that. If you've gotten to this point right now, thank you. Thank you because this has been so rewarding. I don't know if I said the right thing, but all I know is I started my own conversation about it and I'm going to continue to do so. 
with episodes to come. But they're not all going to be like this. We're going to have some really fun conversations again, some really good discussions about all different stuff. I've got great stories that happened in the last month that I've been dying to talk about that we're going to get into in future episodes. But I didn't want to go on a single step further without talking about this kind of stuff because it affects me and if it affects quite a lot of us. So thank you so much and I hope this wasn't too heavy and I hope this wasn't too full on. I hope it helped a little bit if you're going through a really hard time right now. All our hard times, they definitely aren't the same. They're all different. I think about it this way. We all start in the same position. We either we come out of our mum at birth or we get pulled out in whatever way. And from there, we are on our own road. And at the beginning, all our roads are pretty much the same. We eat, we sleep, we poo, and we puke. And as we progress through ages, our roads, they differ. They swing around. Sometimes they match up with other people. Other times, they disappear again. But... All in all, we all end up in the same place at the end. At some point during our lives. It might be short, it might be long. But we all end up at the end. We all just take different paths to get there. And that's why I didn't want to spend half an hour on here telling you exactly what you should do with your mental health because I don't think that's helpful. I mean, it's helpful in a way to some people, but to other people, it's really counterproductive because we as people don't all follow the same path. We don't all get the same out of the same stuff. Like, there's some things that are fundamental and really important, which are sleep and eating and getting some exercise. But within those, there's all different versions of them. Everything's on a spectrum. And and from there, there's so many different things that people suggest that you do and that's the thing to do. And I don't want to do that because... I in no way think that it's a one-size-fits-all. And I know all these people mean well because everybody means well in their own certain way, I guess. But people like myself, we are vulnerable because we want a fix. We want sometimes a quick fix because we're really struggling. 
and these different ideas that people come up with might not work and can really make a situation harder. So if you're struggling right now, please check your diet, check what you're eating, make sure you're getting a decent amount of sleep, you're not tired. And please, if all else fails, just get out and go for a walk. And from there, start with those fundamentals and build from there. That's what I did. That's what I've done many times. Once I felt cloudy and fuzzy, I've just gone back to my center and gone back to the fundamentals that are trained work. And also talking to someone, the four, let's make it four, because I like even numbers. We'll make it four. You make sure you know you're eating and drinking water. You make sure you're getting enough sleep. You make sure you're exercising. And we're going to get into this another episode, but that, as I said, in itself is its own entity and it's on a spectrum. So don't feel like you need to copy and emulate somebody else. I might, in future episodes, get into tools and tricks and things that I do more in detail, but I didn't want to just come on here and start bashing my own agenda on that. I wanted to share my story and I wanted to help somebody, hopefully, and just put another name behind the list because We need more people to speak out about this stuff. I know that for a fact. So more and more people feel less scared and alone. Those little kids. I think about... I think about me at 14 and what would I want to hear? And I'd want to hear somebody like this. So with that, I'm going to say thank you very much for listening for a full hour. It feels really good. Thank you. I'm beyond thankful for this. And I can't wait to come back real soon and have some more real, raw and random discussions. Thanks so much for listening all the way through. You're amazing. And please reach out and talk to somebody because it might just change your life. Thank you.